Welcome to Flippin' and Mashin' with your host Parnell and... Lorian. This is episode 56. Holy moly, I've been here... Wow. Countless amount of episodes <laughs> at this point now. I... I guess we only did once a month last time. So that's why it's so low. And now we're doing almost once a week, except for that last episode, which I just finished editing. It must have taken me like 16 hours. Yeah. Well, you know, if you didn't say so uh, many ums and uhs, we'd be able to get through this stuff faster. So I blame you. That is correct. It's um, a lot of work editing my crappy speaking. We'll get there one day, though. (laughs) Maybe in 20 years. I remembered a game on the last episode that I could not remember, and it was about I was comparing Pixel Junk Shooter to a game from Sega Genesis, and that was called Subterrania. Have you played it before? I have not. I don't remember if you had a Genesis. No. No, my parents didn't hate me as a child. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) If you are into Sega Genesis, that is a game you need to try out. It's called Subterrania. Otherwise, if you're still into like twin stick side scrolling shooters, Pixel Junk Shooter 1 and 2 are the bomb.com. Anywho, let's just kick off uh, anything anything new. You have more new news than I do. Yeah. Well, you know, um gosh. Uh, I don't know if anyone can hear me, but I actually have a new microphone. Wow. And you should be able to hear me a little bit clearer. <laughs> I, look, this is a big deal for me. Um, I The headset that I have, listeners at home, those of you that are listening, all, I think, uh, 60 active listeners. Um, I have a pair of Odyssey Mobius uh, headphones. They're like a really nice, really nice like uh, headset. And the microphone that came with them is apparently hot garbage. So I went out and I just went on to Amazon and I think I spent like 70 bucks or 75 bucks and I got a new microphone. And I think I sound a hell of a lot better than I used to. So that was really big, exciting news for me. Let's see. Other exciting things. Well, I guess, Parnell, you kind of have to talk about this one because you were the, um, how would you say, the, the man that made it happen. Yeah, the, the procurer. I am scooping up a golden tea uh, in supposedly not working condition for Ryan and I to fix and flip. It's a golden tea complete. It's been in a home for a long time. Looks freaking super nice. Getting Golden Tea complete this weekend. And then I'll bring it back here. Ryan will at some point come up. <laughs> and uh, we'll get it working. I I usually, with most of my repairs, want to go like full overboard. So I wanted to get the compact flash re- um, replacement for the hard drive. <sighs> And I promptly hit him over the side of the head and said, let's get it working first before we start dumping more money into something. Yeah, right. I need to step back, make sure that we can get it working, and and go on from there. I'm betting it's just a fuse. That's what breaks all the time, right? That was a fuse. Maybe a rubber broke. <laughs> if 
you talk to some of the pinball guys that are listing pinball machines, that does not work. Yep, it's a fuse. Oh, it's a piece of rubber. Funny story. My checks, the hockey game, My I have an original. Uh, I bought that not working, and that was the main fuse. Ha-ha. It lit on fire later, but, you know, that's a different story. I was on Facebook the other day, and I saw, I think, Marco re- posted or shared a pinball guy had a Marco stool in front of his game and his young child was playing pinball standing on it. The stool looked bigger and a little bit different than most stools. And so I went to Marco's website. I didn't really know why they would have a stool, but sure enough, Marco has a pinball stool. I kind of want to get it for my kids to play my games. Well, so your kids can play your games, or so you could also use it as a poop stool? <laughs> I, already, I already have one of those potty squatties or oh. easy easy poops or whatever they call it. Listeners, we already know something about Parnell's house, because I, I, I have yet to date still not been over there. So we now do know and can confirm he has a potty stool. <laughs> so, this, is, this is so off topic. Okay, we have had a potty stool for a couple of years now, maybe longer. But my daughter, who's uh, three or so, wants to go to the bathroom by herself and then, you know, brush her teeth and wash her hands uh, by herself. And so we put the potty stool in front of the sink and this little, what do you call them? Like it's like a step up stool with two steps. Okay. What's your name stool? for that? I don't know. You're don't the know parent. Either. I don't have no. kids. So that is in front of the toilet so she can like, you know, because she, when she pulls her pants down and then she can take these very tiny steps to walk up to sit on top because in my ultimate wisdom, I bought heightened and elongated toilets so that uh, I'm not like crunched going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I don't have that potty stool when I go to the bathroom, it sucks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so now when I go to the bathroom I just grab the potty stool literally take a big soccer kick <laughs> kick her stool out of the way drop my stool back down and then she gets mad at me that I moved her stools <laughs> well you know you're the parent she's not so tough yeah. luck tough love figure it mm-hmm. out yep. do with it alright uh, we can do now the game room updates I have no update. <laughs> the the well, only thing I have one update. Yeah, the only thing I have written down is for work, we have a streaming software that we're working on. And because of that, I had two mic stands, so I ordered device holders for them. So I've been streaming using some mobile devices. And uh, I streamed Tron for a couple days, and then I'm on ACDC now. Maybe I'll flip them around and do Swords of Fury, but... Lion Man! <laughs> God, that stupid thing. What, what I'm able to do is take... It's like almost like a four-camera, bring-your-own-device experience. So I have a, my iPhone, I have an Android Razor, a iPad Air 3, and my laptop. And I finagle them around my pinball machine on these mic stands and stuff so that my iPhone is aiming at the playfield... Currently, the iPad is facing the dis- the score display. The Razer was the score dis- 
display, but also maybe some of the play field. And then my laptop is just aimed at me. It's worked okay. I mean, we're still kind of beta testing this stuff out and uh, finding bugs and whatever. So I don't know. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's nice to have feedback. There's no chat or anything. It's just video out. Uh, so I usually have my my laptop next to me so I can do the texting and uh, Facebook or whatever messaging so people can give me any updates on what crap I'm missing. But that's kind of fun. Or I'll call you while you're streaming and I can oh, yeah, you did, my you did do that. <laughs> that's kind of fun. It is because I don't have like camera cameras, like the iPad being at my DMD for ACDC kind of gets in the way of the play field shot, but nah, what are mm-hmm. you going to do? It's still a, a cool way to get multi-angles with not having to buy super expensive gear. See what's going to happen, uh, our listeners, we'd, we'd like to announce something. Well, I say we, I want to announce something because Parnell doesn't know that I'm about to announce it. But I think what we're going to do is in our future dates where we hang out, um, I'm going to just bring my streaming gear with me. And I think we're actually going to stream pinball while we're playing. Uh, probably not the whole time. But we definitely should start streaming uh, whenever we're hanging out. So that'll be something fun that you guys might be able to uh, watch if you want to see our ugly mugs playing pinball horribly, especially Parnell. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that is something that I was thinking about. And I I think that we should do coming forward or moving forward, I should say. Only if we play a lot of TNA. We can do that. I've been having naughty thoughts about TNA. I'm oh, God, sure that sounded horrible. Have. <laughs> I have naughty thoughts about TNA, too. I was listening to just another podcast, and he was interviewing Scott and AC, and that's where I found out about the new code update or whatever I messaged wow. you about. Uh, spoilers for content oh. that's about to come up in a few Shit, minutes. Sorry. Jeez. Um, <laughs> and so they were talking about when they go to remake the game, and I was like, oh, damn. Maybe I do really need to get one of the remakes. Although, if they jack the price up, then I'll have to get one of the originals, because that's ridiculous. I think you should just get one of the originals right now and you know buy low, because people are probably going to start dumping them if they're on the fence, and pick up an original that you at least know uh, everything that could be wrong with them, and then not have to worry about any next version revision issues. Because everything that's going to be in the new one, you're going to be able to retrofit onto the old one. We already literally see Pinball Life is selling some of the upgraded parts for the TNA V2. We want to know why. It's because they were used on uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, well, see, look at that. Recycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good thing. Mostly. That new ball save timer with the colored LEDs in it, super cool. Uh, those connectors suck, Scott. I know you're listening, Scott Denise. Um Stop using computer connectors on your boards. Uh, I really don't want to have to hot glue them onto the board so they don't fall off. Are you talking about like the four-pin Molexes or something? Uh, no, I'm talking about something that looks like a mini IDE connector. Oh, they used to hot glue that shit on the uh, WPC boards and stuff. Yeah, I mean, same thing, but it'd be cool if we you know, moved away from that. Something that maybe like really clicked in there, like an (laughs) Ethernet cable or something. I don't know. So yeah, my game room updates, I guess I'll go ahead and take it from Parnell's so we don't 
because uh, I mean, you know, as you just said, take it from me. Nothing's take, changed. Take what you want. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will. I will. Uh, so, new game update. I have canceled my Alien LV purchase pre-order. It is with a heavy heart that I let all of our listeners know that I will not be buying one. Um, I think the two biggest reasons are I'm very concerned about the longevity of this company and their ability to support the parts moving forward pending I had any issues when thus far they have been completely quiet, not responding to any of my emails that I've sent uh, with questions and everything else. And two, um, I've never played it. And it's just a little too expensive, especially considering uh, I don't know what's in the limited version. I'll probably end up picking one up down the road if they hold up well in a home use environment anyways, and uh, we can continue to get replacement parts for them. That's the first bit of news update. The next news update is completely not pinball related, but sort of video game related. I upgraded my gaming PC. Uh, for those of you that are listening, I do have a gaming PC that I do most of my gaming on. You have a Mac Pro? I do not. <laughs> no, I have, uh, I have a custom-built machine that I built myself. And I just upgraded the graphics card to a 3090. Hashtag weird flex and i've been playing the shit out of cyberpunk and my god is it gorgeous i mean fuck every other game i've played this is like playing crisis for the first time back in 2008 when i had a computer that could finally run it at like decent settings this is some earth shattering shit everybody uh, I know that there's been a lot of less than stellar reviews of them, and some of it, I think, was the executives' faults, pushing the devs to get the game out sooner than it should have. I'm not defending them there, but my goodness, is it beautiful. I would 100% recommend picking the game up if, you're, uh, if you have a pretty beefy gaming PC. It is totally a blast. I didn't hear that there was a lot of problems on computer. I did hear that it was more xbox and playstation however i mean there were some pc issues but it definitely was lower than the consoles yeah you can tell that this is probably one of the few games uh i'm gonna just say in the last decade where the console players were not the first thought to the the developers which is something that as a hardcore pc master race uh it's kind of rewarding, kind of refreshing. Um, I liked how we got the best launch out of this game. I know the other 90% of mankind is super pissed, but I'm really digging it, man. I Just like I said, I, I can't get over how good of a job they've done. I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything, but Keanu Reeves is fucking amazing in his role here in the video game. And I cannot say enough good things about how gorgeous this game is. Uh, fully cranked with everything set to psycho. Is that what they call the top level yes. <laughs> graphics? Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I mean, most of the settings are ultra, but mm. uh, there's a few specific ones uh, like related to RTX, 
And those highest setting are, in fact, psycho. We were talking earlier about this, and I haven't really had this sort of experience since, like, the Half-Life 2 era, when I bought a new video card and it came with Half-Life 2 for free. And that was, you know, like 2002-ish, 2003? That was a long time ago. Oh, there's the first yawn. Yeah, oh geez. We were joking about uh, games pushing the limits, like Crisis being that first kind of ultra, you know, video card breaker. Is Cyberpunk a little linear, or is it really an open world and you can just walk away and do whatever you want? It's very open world. I mean, there are there's definitely a main storyline, but it's it's very open worldy. You know, I I think that Cyberpunk absolutely is the current gen current era crisis for sure because i mean fucking 2200 dollar graphics card post tariff taxes i want to add uh, for those of you that are listening outside of the united states because we do have listeners outside of the united states post the tariff the 3090s have went up to two thousand dollars plus the founders are hovering at about 1900 the EVGAs are about 1900 uh, but any of the MSI offerings or quite a few of the other ones are over $2,000. For it to take those cards and at 4K, them barely be able to pump out 60 frames per second with everything cranked is a true testament to just how ridiculous this game is as far as graphically. And like I said, it's it's awesome uh, to be you know in the PC gaming culture right now, and we have a game that's jaw dropping. Parnell, when you come over to my house next, I guarantee you we'll fire it up, and you can you can check it out. Do you think that Keanu Reeves just steals all your GPUs for like the is it SETI? Is that the one that scans for aliens? I don't know, man. Maybe I don't really care. But I don't really think that that's the case because, I mean, if you read a lot about, like, Parnell, or excuse me, Parnell, if you read Keanu a Reeves. lot about Keanu Reeves, he's, like, supposedly genuinely one of the nicest fucking human beings on planet Earth of our generation. I bet when he's on screen on your game, he's, like, starting the SETI to find aliens, and that's why your computer gets maxed out. I don't know. When you come over and, and check it out, I'll let you be the own judge and see if you think the uh, the quality that is being output onto the screen is is worth all that 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 power that raw power. Do you have a 4K monitor? I don't. What is this shit? Uh, I don't know. I haven't upgraded to 4K yet. I'm glad I haven't. Rocking that 1440p, bruh. What? Oh, because this game isn't 4K, is it? No, it is. But as I just said, I would barely be able to squeak out 60 average uh, on 4K. So either until they get optimizations, um, I don't really see it being worthwhile for me to play a game at 60 frames per second when I could get a lot better animations at like 120 frames per second or 144 on a 1440p screen. Do you think you can notice between 60 frames yes. a second and 120? Yeah. I, I know you hadn't finished the question, but I absolutely can tell the difference between the two. Is that because you're a robot? 
No, it's because uh, things look smoother. Just because there's inherently more frames, you're, everything's going to just look smoother. Um, same thing with like a 60 hertz phone screen and the new 120 hertz phone screens. You can definitely tell a difference when you're scrolling or doing anything else. Although I don't know if your iPhone has, you know, 120 hertz screen like my Note 10 Plus, uh, hashtag Android. But uh, you can definitely tell a difference. And I've had other people, like, check as well. It's not like I'm just some crazy robot eyeball Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, you say that. (laughs) Uh, Now, they have taken professional, like, gamers, people who do nothing but are, like, the top Mm 0.00001% and had them compare, like, 144 frames per second versus 240 hertz screens like 144 hertz versus 200 plus Mm -hmm. and they weren't able to tell any measurable difference between them when they had them do like a a blind test between the two different screens so i don't think that the 240 hertz the 200 plus gang uh necessarily needs to be invested into i mean i guess if you want your epine to be bigger sure but otherwise (laughs) i I think (laughs) I think I just found what you said. <laughs> 144 hertz is probably like right at the sweet spot, especially for price. And right now, if I wanted a 4K monitor that was 1440, you know, 140 hertz, I'd be waiting until August. I think right now is when the next batch of them that's supposed to get in that isn't already pre-sold. Because like <laughs> everything else, people want shit, and those are one of the things that everybody's trying to get right now because the 3000 series cards just dropped and 4k gaming is more attainable than ever now manufacturers just aren't able to keep up especially with covid can't they just you know get my playstation 4 and do that hashtag 4k life no because that's upscaling so it's not the same thing i don't know if we have enough time no Dude, it says 4K. I, I know it does. That's, I'm just giving, I'm just pulling your leg, man. Okay. I was really hoping we weren't going to have to divulge into this <laughs> conversation tonight, but it's not the same. Good thing um, I don't play consoles. We do. We don't play anything, really. No, I just play Dad. Oh, this was so much time. Little soul suckers. Sounds like so much fun. Tonight, they just wanted to like stay up and party. And I was like, this isn't Stargate. This is... Our house, go to bed, <laughs> put down the margarita bottles. <laughs> Jeez. So uh, I guess we can go ahead and transition to the next topic because we're already 26 minutes in. Holy um, balls. You actually put something in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what is yeah. next? Fatigue mats. Are they worth it? So are these just like yoga mats that you can like play a game of pinball then lay down? No. No. <laughs> what, what What is a fatigue mat? Uh, so do I need to look up like the actual definition for you? No, just, just give a – it's not for me. It's for the listeners. Just give a general I explanation. Know. I think it's for you. <laughs> Explain it to somebody who doesn't know what one is. Uh, so fatigue mats are exactly kind of how they sound. Um, If you've ever worked in retail or somewhere where you're standing up for long amounts of time at your job, you've probably stood on a mat. That is, in fact, a fatigue mat. 
Now, fatigue mats come in different sizes, different thicknesses, different material, and they're all going to be kind of relative as far as comfort and how much support they offer you and um, everything else. But Parnell, you've been over to my house. Now, I don't remember if you used the fatigue mats while you were here, but I have fatigue mats out at my machines. Do you remember them? And did you think it was worth it? I do not remember them. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. He can't remember anything. <laughs> no. However, I have worked retail. I have worked uh, CES and the PACs. And you're standing for, God knows, 10, 12 hours on concrete. That hurts your feet so bad. I have also played at SS Billiards in a, I don't know if it was a tournament per se, but it was kind of like one of those weekend events he had years ago where it was just, if you stay there all night, he will be open all night long. I played maybe 26 hours of pinball over the course of the weekend. My palms and my hands hurt more than my feet, but I was young. I also have a tiled floor in my basement now, and so if I was actually going to play a game of Lord of the Rings, I would probably have pained feet, so I kind of think that fatigue mats would be a good idea at my house. When you play, is this more for you're playing a few games, or is this one of those things where you, do you set them out when you're having a weekend of pinball and friends over, or do you always leave them out, or what? Yeah, so... I actually was gifted a few of them before Christmas by my lovely fiance, Chelsea. They showed up saran wrapped like three times around uh, just on my doorstep uh, like a few weeks before Christmas. And I went to go get the mail and I picked it up and there's like very clearly three fatigue mats. And I was like, I didn't see that. So I like left them on the front porch and. Uh, after she got home, I, I admitted <laughs> I that. that I had seen them and, uh, you know, I apologized profusely. So that that present was kind of ruined. Um, but anyways, we went ahead and set them up. And I can tell you from the few times that I've had people over into my house that previous to COVID, when I had friends come over, I could get maybe an hour and a half, two hours of pinball. Uh, barefoot down in my basement on carpet. Uh, but the carpet isn't exactly, you know, the Taj Mahal down there. And I, I think they really cheaped out on the mat underneath mm. the foam mat because it's not standing on concrete, but you can really tell that you're standing on essentially concrete. So I can tell you after having put the mats down there, I can definitely play longer than two hours and my feet not be throbbing afterwards. Whereas before that really wasn't a possibility. So I think they're definitely worth it. Uh, shout out to another friend, Justin, who's another avid listener of our podcast. Uh, he bought me three Uline fatigue mats for Christmas as well. So I have six fatigue mats for the seven machines down in my basement doing pretty good. Did they team up to buy these for you? No, but Justin saw that I liked the three I had and then decided mm. to buy me three more, which was okay. super awesome. But there's different materials to them, right? So Justin's Uline ones are more like a memory foam where they initially are super soft, but then you kind of sink into them. And then they're still pretty soft, but they aren't as soft as they initially were. So I feel like they're really good for like impacts, whereas the Fatigue Match Chelsea bought me 
are more of just like a foam rather than a memory foam. Mm-hmm. So you don't sink into them as much, but they don't have as much padding. So it's really interesting. I've been trying to play a few games every night on each one of them and, and decide which one I like more. But the one that I've really had my eye on is the Titan one that's on their website. Uh, Titan Silicone, if uh, people don't know who they are. They make silicone bands for pinball machines and uh, a few other things, including a fatigue mat made out of a solid piece of silicone. And I really want to get one to see if it's as great as the individuals that are sponsored by Titan uh, from the different podcasts and YouTube groups, if it's really worth the, I think they're like $80. Cool. They're, they're spicy. But most people will tell you, um, at least most of the people that I subscribe to, will tell you you really only need one fatigue mat. Uh, you know, in your basement. If you have friends over, you're generally going to be playing one machine together. So you really only need one fatigue mat down there. Um, so I am thinking about picking that one up as my seventh mat, just to kind of have a spread between them and see which ones I really like the most. But I love them. I would be curious if that silicone, what it'll feel like, because I don't think I've ever seen a mat of anything made out of silicone. And it's right. always been foam or that rubbery foam kind of like all the fatigue mats from grocery stores or retail cashiers and stuff. That's that kind of hard foam. Right. And that's like my Uline ones. Yeah. And at CES, um, we would just get, they must just double up the foam uh, under pad for the carpet. Okay. All I remember is that it felt good at first. And then, you know, at our, six or eight you just your heels hurt because you're just standing pretty much in one spot talking to people and stuff so right yeah and that's i mean pinball you're a bit more lively but that's Mm -hmm. a benefit and a and a a a con as well just because oh um, geez you're shifting your weight a whole bunch they went bonkers they made them all uv reactive of course they did why not are you sure they're made out of silicone Pretty sure. They fucking better be for $85 for a mat. I don't think they are. Well, A, I have been lied to, and B, I still want one. Maybe they are. I don't know. They just don't look like silicone. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm wrong. Maybe you're just um, painting paint. Oh, one thing that we did skip over. Uh-oh. Um, I know, we did skip over it. The new game. The new game for my basement is going to be... Golden Tea. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You ha- Is this a pinball machine? Yeah. You haven't bought anything. I know. But you know what it's going to be. No, because no, you haven't exchanged the money. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about with that specific person. There's a deal that's going on behind the scenes. You guys don't get to know about it. Um, but I am 99% locked into an Avengers for sure, though. And it's going to be a premium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a big announcement. Here's what's going to happen. All right. If you don't wait until the next Stern release and it's Godzilla, what are you going to do? I'll just have to sell my soul. It's fine. (laughs) Here's the thing. Lay it on me. The guy we know told you to play a pro before you buy a premium. You haven't played a pro yet. Right. We also have a large rumor that 
the next game potentially is Godzilla from Stern or that the code name is Godzilla. And it also could be uh, James Bond, which we talked about last episode. Yeah, both themes that you would be excited about. So why would you buy a pinball machine this close to them releasing their next game? Because I don't think that John Borg or um, who would be next? Brian Eddy is going to come out with a more cool and unique layout than Avengers. You know, it'd be awesome if they fucking dropped Medieval Madness 2. A, that's not going to happen because that's really awesome. And Stern normally does the counter to that. And uh, (laughs) B, I think if anybody was dropping Medieval Madness 2, it'd be CGC. And we know from a really reliable source that it's going to be Cactus Canyon. Uh, I don't even think they're going to release a game anymore. I think CGC's done. No, they're quietly producing the games like as we speak and boxing them up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw pictures of that. Nope. I just saw pictures of nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm just an internet angry person wanting them to release their next game. Well, you know what we have seen? We have seen that uh, Jersey Jack raised the price of Guns N' Roses by $1,000. Yeah. Here's the problem I have with this. We don't have to talk too much about it. but So Jersey Jack comes out. They don't have a high volume of sales on any game they've released. They get to Guns N' Roses. The game sells very well. They go, oh, shit. We're months behind. But we might as well raise the price because uh, people are going to pay it and we won't have games out for a long time. So they raise the price a grand. But their next game, if that is Toy Story, is going to be a stinker uh, sales-wise. The game might be great, but the sales are going to suck. And then they're what? They're stuck with freaking tons of games again, just like Wonka and Hobbit. They're pricing themselves out of the market. They, they wanted to be back in operators' hands or be back. They wanted to get into operators' hands. And Wonka started that. They started with Guns N' Roses standard, and now they're back up. So, well, yeah, and they got rid of the standard too for uh, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, Wha- they're all sold out. Here's the thing: you've never sold a game this hot before. Why the hell would you put a limit on it? Sell as many of these damn things as you can. Make your freaking money. Pay back investors. Recoup it and keep it into the company to reinvest. Keep cash on hand in case something crazy happens. Nope. They raise prices. Some sales are going to uh, drop because of that. Not all, because it already is a premium game. But Well, they, they aren't going to care because... Uh, they aren't, but yeah. buyers are. Oh, sure. Some. But the thing is, is you know, that, that, that deposit everyone's putting down for one, non-refundable. Yeah, <laughs> JJP keeps that themselves and charges your distributor whether you buy that game or not. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't agree with it. I know some other people don't either. I had no problem if they would have said the next title was going to be a thousand, but I think this is a horrible business move because there was no warning. They should have just ran as many Guns and Roses as they could have instead of limiting it. But whatever, I'll. Probably never own a JGP. Well, I mean, look at look at Wizard of Oz. I mean, the the initial batch was what sixty five hundred or seventy five hundred. By the time it was all said and done, after light 65. boards. 
well, it was 75 because you needed a thousand dollar light boards to fix them. Wow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, after that, right, then they come out with the yellow brick road where they removed a, a mech or two and then they're charging twelve and a half thousand dollars for it. They removed two mechs. It was the monkey one and something else. Well, I know for sure about the monkey. I don't know about the other one because I haven't looked into that model. If I were to get a Wizard of Oz, it would not be the Yellow Brick Road edition. Yeah. No, again, don't agree. You know, I guess the last, my closing comment is I understand why they price hiked uh, between Wizard of Oz and uh, maybe Hobbit and especially on like Pirates. I understood those those hikes from... 6,500 or whatever they were for their first ones up to what it eventually ended up being. I understood that they removed the upper play field from Guns N' Roses and charged 7,500 and removed a bunch of the color-controlled lights and lighting systems from the standard to the limited edition. I understand that. Uh, what What I do understand and don't agree with is, as you said, the price hike. I think that they're fully aware of what they're doing and they're taking one out of Gary Stern's pocket, man. Uh, just like with the toppers, you can raise the price double what you were normally selling and they're still going to sell out. Doesn't fucking matter. It is, I guess what it is. Uh, we can thank, we can thank, uh, Stern for kind of teaching Jersey Jack that it's, it's cool to do that and people still keep buying the game. They'll bitch about it. But they'll buy it. All right, Parnell. I'm going to lead off with this next subject because I want to hear your thoughts and opinions as well. Scott Denisi, my man. Again, I'm sure he's listening to this podcast. And I just want to let you know, again, the love letter to pinball players that is TNA. Perfect. He's working on new code for the rerun of TNA that's coming up. Uh, this is on top of the fact that um, them doing a rerun, it's going to have, from what he says, quite a bit additions to the code, possibly making it even deeper than it already is, which is pretty exciting, if you ask me. Now, Parnell, have you gotten to the point yet now where maybe you're thinking about seriously getting a TNA? Uh, that's nice, Yeah. Early on in the show, I did, I did mention that you were having some dirty thoughts. Yeah, I was having some some dirty thoughts of TNA, and uh, me and you have a, kind of like a secret business plan going on about something else. And if that pans out, and uh, I got a little bit extra cash from the GameStop stunk, uh, I will probably put Scared Stiff on hold and get a TNA first. Holy shit! You heard it here first, everyone. He's considering a TNA legitimately now because he's been talking about this scared stiff game uh, for forever. And I know it's a good game. I'm not knocking it, but it is no TNA, especially in his basement with his lineup. I think a TNA would be right at home next to those other great titles you have downstairs. What galaxy? No, that's going to leave to help pay for it (laughs) along with skill roll. Oh, skill rolling. Well, this this actually makes me really excited. A because I already have one, uh, and Scott Denisi said he's going to be using the same mechs, the same wiring, the same everything. 
uh, overall for how the pinball machine actually functions between the two of them. So the new code update is backwards compatible to the original game run, uh, which is totally awesome. Uh, they just as easily could have come out and said, yeah, coming out of the new code update, but fuck the guys who bought it the first time around. They don't get the cool stuff. Only the new guys do. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of info yet. It, this was just kind of dropped. I have not checked the thread on Pinside, but he had said there's a new game mode coming where you can pick it at startup. So this will be pretty... The cool thing is that it breathes new life, or not new, enhances the playability, the replayability of this game. A lot of people that sold the game early had just said it doesn't hold up in a collection. I guess if you only had, maybe if you had like one or two games. I think that's total bullshit, but. I have, I have eight in my basement and I never play them. And I'm not really sick of them, except for Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Swords of Fury is getting a little old. You can just bring that over to my house. I'm fine with that. Oh, God. I want to get some Lion Man up in my house. It's just unique. That's all it's got going for it. But after playing it, like I've played, and given that's the thing, everybody from the outside looks at that and goes, that's ridiculous. This is the most amazing game ever. It's a sweet game. You play your games. You have a little more insight as to what it's like having a TNA in your collection long-term-ish. You've had it for like what a couple couple weeks? Uh, no, I've I've had mine for like I think almost two months. I don't know. Let's check. You keep talking. Blah 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 blah. All right. So it has been just over two months since okay. I got mine, and I can firmly tell you a few things. Uh, okay, hang on. on. Do you have a daily play time on pinball machines? I generally try to get at least an hour in. A day? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. You are a good example then. Let's go. Okay. So uh, input that I have, I think it is extremely challenging. Uh, The game is very moody, very similarly to most of the other pinball machines just in general. Um, I'll have my days where I can hit my shots and I'll have my days where that machine is just like, you are just not going to do well today, sir. And I don't care how much you want to do good. You just aren't going to do great. Um, however, I can also tell you that the few people that I've had over both pinball fans and not pinball fans to play it, uh, for various reasons, some people absolutely can't get over how amazing it is. And some people haven't given it a lukewarm, uh, kind of like embrace, but it's been a little bit better than that. Uh, But some of my friends, I think two of them in particular, they don't love it, but they really like it. And I think that's going to kind of come down to personal preference and taste. Uh, The machine definitely does not play like any of the other modern machines out there. I think that's really safe. That's a safe assumption by by saying that. Uh, It doesn't even fucking have ramps. I mean, it is inherently just a different game from a different era that's just been like had breath breathed into it uh, from, you know, what was it? 2017. So I think in that sense, it's not a game that's very polarizing, but I do think that uh, there's a lot of people that maybe that don't like it 
might be the same people that don't really appreciate the 80s games. Pew, 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 pew. Why does it not get repetitive? How come you don't get sick of it? Okay, so at the end of the day, all pinball machines are inherently repetitive. I guess we, we can make that argument. Some machines are less repetitive than others. But, I mean, like Attack from Mars. I mean, that is the epitomacy of re- repetitive motions. Same with Metallica. I mean, shit, most of the games out ever are repetitive. Now, The Hobbit, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean by JJP, these are obviously extreme exceptions, which you could play the same game a bunch of different times, and you'll play completely different modes, and every time it's going to like play actually different, possibly. Now, for a game like TNA to work so well, I think the reason it doesn't feel like you're just chopping wood the games are generally pretty quick um i mean of course you could be playing the game of your life kind of scenario and you will have some longer ball times but i mean the game is built really to be an asshole so i guess i appreciate the fact that that i'm really uh in steve ritchie fashion i'm not a part of the game i am fighting the game actively that game wants me to drain. And I mean, I know that this is technically true of all pinball machines, but, um, you know, some games more so than others. Uh, TNA, if you're shooting that stand-up t- bank, uh, one of, like, three things are going to happen. And two of those three things are you're going to drain <laughs> after you make the shot. So uh, I guess that's part of it is it's really hard, but it's Whereas Ghostbusters will just have some bullshit straight down the center drains that, I mean, unless I had a softer tilt than what uh, John Junt had on it, um, because I have not adjusted it since it left John's house. If it had a little bit more loosey-goosiness in its tilt, I could probably save some of those a bit better. But, um, you know, with the way it plays, Ghostbusters can really have some bullshit straight down the middle drains. Um, so I guess that's, that's, that's a large part of it is the game. When you lose the ball, it was your fault. And you, you know that, uh, whereas some games, it doesn't feel quite so fair. So I guess that's one of the big reasons, um, is you're doing the same thing, but it's challenging. And I guess besides that, my God, the music which they did an amazing job capturing that music so well. And that powered sub that has a box built into the bottom of the cabinet makes a huge difference, huge difference in um, just how amazing and rocking that is. I know I had a friend come over and play it uh, not too long ago, and they have never played a TNA. They didn't know anything about the build quality differences between a TNA and like a Stern Pro. So, I mean, they walked up, they started a game, you know, welcome to the future. And, you know, it's just kind of sitting there and my friend kind of looked at me and he was like bobbing his head a little bit. He's like, yeah, man. Then he plunged the ball and, you know, just like TNA does, the moment it realizes the game, the ball's been plunged uh, at a certain point in the song, you get the bass. And when that bass hit, he like immediately turned and looked at me with like the oh face because it was, <laughs> I mean, it, it blew his mind. He wasn't expecting that. And I think after he left, 
uh, he admitted to me when I spoke to him later that since he's been over a few weeks ago, nonstop listening to that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So I think the soundtrack has a part in it too. And the light show. I was going to say the, the audio and we've talked about this before, but I'm into EDM dance stuff, but the audio even for people that don't listen to that, seems to be really attractive. Yeah, I I really agree. I think, I mean, seriously, it's some of the best music in pinball, if you ask me. When you were talking about the gameplay, I will admit that it's very simple rules. You do the same stuff every time, but you're not doing it long enough to maybe make it feel repetitive. Like, you hit those three stand-ups in the middle. In the meantime, the ball's all over the damn play field. And so usually you're trying to lock a couple balls so you can get into multi-ball so that it feels safer. And in reality, it isn't. I just want to right? yeah. real quick. So you're doing those two kind of things of let's do a reactor and multi-ball. And that's kind of all that's in your head. But it's so hard and chaotic that you really have to focus on one thing or the ball's just going everywhere. And it's just kind of mayhem. But there, it's so visually pleasing audio pleasing and gameplay pleasing that doing the reactor doesn't somehow feel like chopping wood. I think another like pretty critical point, right? Um, So let's quickly talk for a moment here. Um, There's some games where there's just inherently really easy shots. And there's a lot of games where to really blow the game up, you're actually really only wanting to do like a couple things. Now, of course, in TNA, you can just go for multi-ball after multi-ball after multi-ball. And that's a sort of safe way to play the game. But I don't really like to play my games that way. I will when a friend's over and he's talking big shit and thinks that he's uh, better than me. I'll absolutely play the <laughs> the dirty way to to snuff out his point lead. But generally speaking, I don't have a problem losing. So if I get beat fair and square, it kind of is what it is. So it depends how much you gloat. I'm looking at you, Justin. However, with TNA, every shot on that game is utilized. And you are required to shoot all of those shots. Like uh, Terminator 3, I'll I'll pick that as an example, right? You can get into the ramp mode where it's payback. All you got to do is shoot the ramps. The ramps are pretty safe to shoot on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, rejects out of the right ramp can be pretty dangerous, but the rejects out of the left ramp, really not a big deal. Uh, and the ramps are turned back to your flippers. So it's a really safe shot and you can crank out big points doing that. Cause you build up to level five. Then every shot in the game, I think is worth 5 million or 50 million. I can't remember. It's some amount of points. And if you're good enough at hitting those shots back to back to back to back to back, I'm sure you could crank out over a million points in payback mode. So the reason I'm bringing this up is uh, total nuclear annihilation. It requires you to do everything. It's like shoot these really dangerous stand-up targets. Okay, now that you've done that, I want you to shoot this scoop that's really hard to shoot. Okay, now that you've done that, depending upon what level reactor you are, I want you to shoot either a roving orbit, a moving orbit whenever you hit slings or the pot bumper, or either orbit initially and you have to get up top and then have the ball bounce around in the reactor until i deem that you have completed that reactor and then you have to shoot those same and also different 
really fucking dangerous stand-up targets all over the playfield uh, to blow up the reactor. So to me, I find it's refreshing that um, the game plays like the older style games in a sense where there's no ramps, there's no verticality. It's all one level. Um, and I think that they do a really good job of capturing the theme and uh, utilizing all the shots on the play field. I think those are my like big reasons that I like it. I love it. It's bolted to the floor. I mean, it's, it's right there next to Black Knight. I would sell Metallica, Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles, and Ghostbusters before I would sell TNA. Legit. Yeah. And you know how much I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters and Metallica. Yeah, see, now you're going to be like me and you can't get rid of anything unless you absolutely have to. I mean, Attack from Mars is still up for trade. Unfortunately, listeners. I hate you so much. I have not had any other recent offers. I think most people have read or are reading my ad. The Rick and Morty was an interesting idea, but I still don't think that it's worth it. Uh, And I do have Terminator 3. I don't expect that that game's going to be down in my basement for forever. Uh, I have let that individual know uh, that I would like a shadow. So I'm hopeful that maybe I'll get a shadow soon. I was hoping that somehow my money tree would grow. Mm -hmm. I would buy your attack from Mars and then uh, you can go buy your medieval. Uh, No. So you've got that wrong. What would happen is you'd have this money tree sprout out of your ass. (laughs) You would go buy a medieval madness and then trade me that medieval madness for my attack from Mars. Uh, listeners, you've heard it here first. Uh, Parnell apparently doesn't know how to fucking read sales ads any better than the people that offered me cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I kind of have these like visions in my head of you know having those games that I remember the most, right? Like Attack from Mars, Totan. God, even uh, like Whitewater. That was pretty fun. And even like Theater Magic's fun for me. I don't know. I am pretty on the fence about trying to find a Black Knight 2000 or a Hobbit. I secretly have an affinity to, to Hobbit. Hobbit. I, I don't know. Let's just not even talk about it because it'll just make my brain hurt more. Yeah. I do really want a Black Knight 2000, though. Like, pretty hardcore next sure. to my Black Knight 3. I don't disagree. I think it'd be fun. It's just these prices are just stupid. I mean, I remember when... My buddy had a shadow, and it was like, you know, not even 2500 and now they're a four grand, no problem. With where? Like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, and that's the same thing with Black Knight 2000. I mean, you get one that's in, like, decent shape. It's like four grand, and it's like, eh, I'd rather have a shadow before a $4,000 Black Knight. Yeah, it's wild, but, you know, that's the world. Maybe if we all crash GameStop stock, we can uh, crash the pinball market. Another one that I am kind of hopeful for that might pan out is uh, one of our good friends has a Star Trek Pro that was routed, and I'm kind of hoping he gets sick of sick of it soon, so I could just buy that from him for Star Trek. A good is, deal. Uh, the Pro, the stern one, is so fun. It's just butter. It's just so smooth. Yep. So that that is another one that's if that deal popped up before the premium. Avengers comes into fruition. I might buy a Star Trek Pro and then try to snag like a Shadow 
or uh, Black Knight 2000, or if I could find a good enough deal on one, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Because I really like that game. Or Monopoly. Come to Brainerd with me. We can go play it at that weird bar that I was at waiting for my truck. Which game? Roller Coaster Tycoon. Do you want the the frickin' uh, troll, right, with the belly? Right. Yeah, that's Roller Coaster Tycoon. That's that's the worst tour in the game by far, but I really love the theme because I can still fire up Roller Coaster Tycoon now, nineteen years later, and have fun with it. Yeah, well, we can have fun with you know the original Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Speaking of video games, let's get on to the next thing, which is video games. Uh. <laughs> You're ridiculous. My little uh, thought for this was going to be, what was the first console that you purchased with your own money? And is there a story behind it? And uh, I can kick off mine. I'm really bad at telling stories, I guess, from what I hear. So back when I was young, I don't know what I was, like seven or something. I grew up. And my best friend, Jeff, had a Sega Genesis Model 1 that his dad owned. And I would go over there all the time. And we'd play Altered Beast and Moonwalker. But he had a Sega Genesis, and that was the thing. And finally, I was, I don't know, saving up my allowance. My dad was giving me a penny, a dandelion head that I picked from the yard. And so I remember having piles of, like, 100 pennies, piles those are my dollars, you know, saved up. And just my whole bedroom is just full of these little piles so that I could have my dad change that out for me and go to Best Buy and or Target and buy a Sega Genesis. And I finally got a Sega Genesis, and it was the Model 2 Sonic 2 package. Might have even tricked my sister into giving me some of her money so that I could buy it and then promised her that I would get her a Barbie video game for it. And I still have that game to this day. I still have like the original carrying case for my Sega. I still have it. Uh, That was a big memory because I remember I didn't even have Altered Beast right away. I had to go find that at a pawn shop. That was the era where you bought or rented a single game and you played the shit out of it. And then when you could afford to get another game, it was the same thing. You weren't getting game after game after game. You literally were getting just a handful of games a year. And renting was a big one so that you could play and try different games. Unless you're, unless your friends had them, you could, you could trade or swap. Yeah, that was my big one. Oh, here I, I listed a couple of fun games that I remember right off the top of my head. Altered Beast, Michael Jackson, Moonwalker, Combat Cars. Ugh, love top-down car games. General Chaos with the four-player adapter. So much fun. And then Shadowrunner, which was kind of this RPG. It was almost like a cyberpunk for Sega Genesis. It was pretty cool. I didn't play it a ton, but I was at my buddy's house kind of watching him play it. That was pretty sweet. Oh, no. Ryan. So, yeah. Um, I had a... In some ways, my childhood was uh, more privileged than others. I have to 100% concede to... Uh, thanking my parents for some things that have happened in my life. Um, 
first one was uh, my dad and uncle bought an NES and played the shit out of it. And uh, my first console was technically an NES. Um, my mother also really enjoyed it because she liked playing Zelda, uh, the original Zelda on the NES. And from there, I didn't buy a lot of my consoles. They were a lot of times Christmas gifts when they went on sale. Um, you got to remember, I'm also quite a bit younger than you are, Parnell. So um, I was never getting like launch consoles or anything of that nature. And my really good friends uh, had different consoles than I did. So it kind of worked out because we would just kind of share them. So in my young adult life, young, young adult life, I didn't have much want for a console because I was blessed in that manner. Uh, my father liked playing video games with me. So he would generally go out and buy the new console uh, whenever because he wanted to play the new games. And he knew he could convince my mom to buy the new system for me as a gift, but in reality it was so he could play the games too. So um, I went from having an NES to an N64 to a PlayStation 2. Um, and what I can tell you is I also was lucky in that my mother had a friend who recycled computers back in the day, and I got, when I was like eight gifted a computer. <laughs> so 1998, I was given a computer that was like a, a rebuilt hodgepodge system. And it had games, such memorable games as the incredible machine and Duke Nukem 3d atomic <laughs> edition, because why mm -hmm. wouldn't I have that game on there too? So I could play a game that was totally for my like, current age appropriate. And then I had Duke Nukem Atomic Edition where I could, uh, you know, tip ladies in the game and they'd uh, show me their stripper boobs and shake them at me. As Duke said, shake it, baby. Uh, <laughs> I was so, going to just say that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, when I got to be 13 years old, I actually built and bought my, my first computer myself um with the help of a friend i put it together and uh, the rest is kind of history um i've been building computers for myself and for close friends that needed help or assistance with that ever since so that was really what i needed and at that time uh the games that i fondly remember playing uh at nauseam was <clears throat> Starcraft and Starcraft Brood War and Roller Coaster Tycoon and um, Command and Conquer Renegade, uh, which eventually led into Counter Strike 1.5 that turned into 1.6 and then Counter Strike uh, Source later. So that was kind of my first quote unquote console. But if we're talking about actual console, uh, I bought a PS3 at launch. Uh, it wasn't day one. Um, I was very lucky in that I worked at Target <laughs> at that time 
in the electronics department, listeners. Oh, you! It was an inside job. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, UPS guy walked in all super nonchalantly with unmarked boxes. It was like, hey, here these are. Delivered them. Uh, they brought them over to my area, and they're like, please don't open these up out on the floor. Go back into the area where we hold. Uh, so like we actually have an area. I mean, all retail stores do uh, in their like electronics department or somewhere where they actually have like movies and uh, listeners. If you're you know young, we had these things called CDs. Uh, they had like music on them, but it wasn't like a Spotify or anything. It was like a physical like disc thing, kind of looked like a frisbee. Uh, well, retailers a lot of times will get a, an album or uh, movies like a month in advance. And they'll just sit back there waiting for the day and time that they can be put out. So I went back there and I opened them up and sure shit, they were PS3s. So yeah, absolutely. One of them fell underneath the counter uh, where I worked until I conveniently went on break. Uh, The rest of them I put into the case and I didn't even get the case closed. And we sold all of the ones that, that I had. Like there were three parents that immediately saw what I was putting into the case and they just came over and they're like, I want one. And another person's like, yep, I'll take one too. And, uh, the last person bought two of them. They bought two of the 20 gig models. Yeah. I was like, wasting your time guys, but all right. Uh, I of course got a 60 gig and yep. I remember buying that game at launch with resistance, the fall of man. Yep. Yep. So that was, that was my first console that I bought. Um, but yeah, dude, I remember I used to work at CompUSA in the Twin Cities and when the PS2 launched, I worked there and that's how I got my PS2 when it was all sold out everywhere. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wasn't there the day that we got the first batch in. So I got whatever the second batch would have been. Um, but yeah, I, I more or less got a quote unquote launch title PS3. And I was the coolest motherfucker at school during that time as well. Cause of course I told a friend or two and they ended up telling, you know, those people. And, and by the end of the day, everyone knew I had a PS3 and they're all like, Oh my God, you know, you're going to sell it on eBay for like, you know, 1800 bucks or something. I'm like, fuck no, I'm keeping this shit and I'm going to play it until it yeah, dies. Uh, and I did, I kept that PS3 until it died. Rip. But, did uh, you just get dead or alive volleyball or whatever? I did not. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get uh, the boob physics simulator game. <laughs> I have a new boob physics simulator game, uh, Senran, Senran Pinball for yeah, yeah, that one. Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <That's> so ridiculous. <laughs> but it's about pinball. Yes. So, okay. I mean, kind of, loosely. <laughs> I mean, boobs are roundish. Pinballs right. are round. So they're sure. like, it's like the same. It goes together. You're just hitting the girls with balls. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'll have to play that at some point. Actual gameplay. Not lying. You you use a special ball and you hit them. And that's like the goal. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. It is. So I was reading the news today and... CD Projekt Red got hacked, or they're saying they did, and all of a sudden, someone brought up that the Capcom hack, and I must have been out of the news media for a while, because I did not know what they meant. 
So I looked up the Capcom hack, and if you, I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, oh, it's from November. Oh, I, I looked it over. 2020. Okay. I didn't, and this is spoiler alert. There are games. Uh, the leak has listed games that are coming out for like the next three years. I'm so proud you can do math, buddy. <laughs> I heard Wait, you trying to do math ago. in your head. Yeah. Well, because on one of the things, on one of the YouTube things, the guy said five years, but I'm like, it's not 2020, it's 2021. And the last game they're announcing is 2024. So that's not five years. I mean, that one could possibly push to Q1 at 2025, but man. Oh, yeah, but whatever. But there's a handful of games that I was like super, super duper excited to see on this list. And I kind of just wanted to talk about it. I mean, I am not for hacking these big companies. I'm not for the leaks. I would rather be surprised. However, this happened, and I've stumbled on the information. And so we can talk about it. Yeah. I used to be a giant Resident Evil fan. I am too scared to play the games, so I will not be getting Resident Evils anymore. Uh, I will totally watch them. Like, I will watch a YouTube, like a stream, right? Like someone streaming, I will watch that, but I will not play it. The new the new Resident Evils are way too scary. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, so I actually, after, what was it, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard or whatever it was, uh, I now have a newfound, um, holy shit, why can't I think of the word? Addiction. No... Uh, something you do with somebody else. Jesus Christ. Why Porn? is this? What? Huh? No. Make love. Oh my God, Parnell. Get your Are head you out of the gutter. Co-op. Uh, <laughs> like, it, uh, it's something you and someone else would do, like, uh, annually or, like, every once in a while. Not, like, an anniversary, but you have a tradition. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, anyways, I have a new tradition. Whenever a new Resident Evil game comes out, my buddy will buy it at launch and we'll immediately come over and we'll just that weekend we just play through like the whole fucking game oh wow i didn't know that you guys did this yeah so uh we did it with biohazard we actually did it twice uh once with my ex-wife uh like at launch um my ex-wife my friend justin and then he had two friends at the time that were over from uh, one was from england and the other one was his like friend's girlfriend that lived in minnesota anyways we all got together and we just like all weekend long did a gaming weekend and we do these sporadically but the resident evil games especially we all sit down and we play those games along with some other scary ones as well because uh, i'm too chicken shit to play them by myself but we'll either take turns with it or my buddy will just end up playing it and you know uh it's great fun yeah, I'm excited for the new Resident Evil Evil games coming out in the next three years. Here's what... I don't really want to go out too off topic, but... Back in the day, early 2000s, the U.S. got the game Resident Evil, and in Japan it was called Biohazard. And so now that they're calling the game Resident Evil Biohazard, it confuses me. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. But the leak is saying we get a new Resident Evil Outrage 
Q4 of 2021, so end of this year. Well, that one I think we knew about because we've seen like a whole bunch of people trying to cosplay one of the scary ladies from the teaser. Oh, is trailers. that the game? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think that's from Biohazard. I, I think that's the new one. That's yeah. I think we got like a teaser trailer drop. Yep. Oh, I thought the demo or something was out. I mean, I guess it could be, but it'd be pretty early for the no, demo. It's different. That one. Uh, wait. Isn't that one that just got released called Resident Evil Village? I don't know. To be honest with you, I have no fucking idea. If these were leaked from November, though, this it would be on the list. Hmm. Good point. So, from my understanding, Resident Evil 8, a.k.a. Village, comes out in May. Is the Resident Evil. I don't know what Outrage is. Might be a different game. But then we have Street Fighter 6. Wait, I stand corrected. I'm a fucking dumbass. Resident what? Evil Village uh, released in January. Oh, it already did release. Yeah, and it's Lady Dimitrescu. Yeah, that's the lady that everyone's yeah, she's like eight about. feet tall or something crazy. I don't know. I've seen a bunch of cosplayers cosplaying as her, though. Yeah. So... A big one is Street Fighter Six coming out in Q3 2022. Dragon's Dogma is, uh, I've never heard of it. Number two comes out in Q2 22. A new Mega Man. Resident Evil 4 remake. Hold on. Whoa, pump the brakes. It's Rockman. Rock. No, I know, but it's Mega Man in English. Yeah, Rockman. <sighs> <laughs> All right. A new Mega Man in English, Rock Man. Resident Evil 4 Remake Man. That came out on the GameCube originally. Yes, it did. I think it did get remade on the Wii. Pretty sure. Well, no, it came out on the GameCube and then later to the PlayStation 2. I don't think it made it over to the Xbox, but it did make it over to the Wii and they remade it there. Now, okay, so GameCube, PC, PS2, PS3, the Wii, and Xbox 360. Mm, so it did eventually get to the 360. A whole generation later. <laughs> I've started the game, and it was a little too crazy for me, so I didn't, I didn't really get anywhere. Mm, I got really far into the in the PlayStation 2 version back in the day. So that was probably the last one that I could stomach. Uh, but like fucking games like Outlast and Amnesia and Alien Isolation, those games I cannot play. I am too chicken shit. Yeah, I don't need to be scared. No time for that shit anymore. Onamusha, new, new work. No idea what that is. Monster Hunter 6. Q. To 2023. That's a big title. Pretty exciting. Biohazard Apocalypse, Q3 2023, Super Street Fighter 6, end of 23. Here's one that I'm pretty pumped about. I'm assuming it's because Streets of Rage 4 got remade and, or not remade, Streets of 4 came out and is doing really well. Final Fight Remake, Q2 2024. That is some years out. Final Fight is just like Streets of Rage, and that is 
ultra exciting to see. I have the little uh, Final Fight arcade one-up. Nice. But to me, this next game is what tops the effing list. Power Stone Remake. Now, I don't know if it needs to be a remake or... I guess a remake might mean that they actually do enhancements beyond graphics where it's like game enhance, gameplay enhancements. Because a remaster would be taking the original new graphics and you're boxing it up. So I'll be super excited if this is a Power Stone. And maybe not even a new game, but maybe Power Stone 1 and 2 and then with upgraded stuff in it. I don't think it'll be upgraded. I think they'll be balancing it to... Sure. I mean, I'm surprised that it's that far out, but it's presumably yeah. to try to cash in on competitive, uh, like fighting tournaments again. It's so far out. Two years, three years from now. Yep. Jeez. Over three years from now. Then Ultra Street Fighter Six. Well, that's the one everyone should wait and hold out for. Don't buy Street Fighter Six in 2022, or Super Street Fighter Six in 2023. Just hold out. And get Ultra Street Fighter 6, because that's the one to have. Uh, what's Captain Commando? Have you heard of that? No. I, I, I don't know. Okay. And then Resident Evil Hank. Well, that's that for the Capcom hack. As we stated last episode, Taxi Chaos finally has a official release date. That will be February 23rd, 2021. Coming up here in a couple weeks. And Super Mario 3D World with Bowser's Fury comes out February 12th, a.k.a. this Friday, uh, just a few days from now. My pre-order shipped today. I'm super pumped. But now I am stressing if I should order Amiibos to use with it because the Mario Cat Amiibo, if you tap it while you're playing, gives you... It's kind of like a cheating, but it gives you a cat or a bell or whatever. And then the peach cat drops you a random item. And then the Bowser amiibo, if you're in Bowser's Fury, will start the fury. So it's kind of cheating. Absolutely cheating. Thought about getting like the peach because my daughter likes to play as peach and pink. And she's a cat. And so I think she would think it'd be super cute. No, that's absolutely cheating, Parnell. I know, but they're $15. Fuck, it's so much money for this little figure that you'll never use. Right. Don't buy it. Just get the Amiibo um, pirate chip where you can Uh, just code it to be all the different Amiibos. And then you just tap it on whatever device. Okay, so yes, but the whole point is to have this cute little figure. And Otherwise, where are you going to put it? I currently own the Splatoon Amiibos and Yarn Yoshi, and they are in the cabinet. And my kids take them out and play with them. Okay. Well, that segues us to a different topic. Um, <laughs> what collectibles do you have? So oh. I'm not talking about video games. I'm, I'm talking about uh, statues, figurines, anything like that. I have... A Halo helmet. I have a War Machine helmet from Iron Man. 
I want to say I have a, some Tomb Raider stuff. I was super big into Tomb Raider. I don't have a lot of collectibles because uh, they all got kind of boxed up and I don't have a place to put them. Well, you can bring them over to my house. What else do I have? Yeah, I don't know what I have. Okay. Well, that's that's a good start. Uh, <laughs> my collection is a little bit smaller than yours. Um, so I have a the Doom Eternal helmet from pre-ordering the collector's edition of Doom Eternal that is wearable. I, in July, will get the Mass Effect uh, Shepard's N7 helmet that's wearable. And then I do have the Doom Marine from the 2016 Doom game. Uh, There was a company that sold it, drawing a blank, and... I think it was like a $400 figurine through Bethesda initially until they sold out of him. Um, I did buy him and he's like fully, you can move him and stuff. Hands down the most detailed uh, figure I've ever seen personally uh, in, in real life. Uh, Absolutely like crazy. I paid a lot for him. But because uh, I did not get in on the initial run because, of course, they sold out. And, of course, I had to buy one from a scalper. But I waited long enough to where I was able to negotiate a decent deal on one. Um, I've been thinking about buying the Doom Eternal Cyber Demon figurine that goes along with the Doom Slayer himself. However, uh, the Cyber Demon, I think, is $800. And I'm just really having a hard time stomaching $800 for a figurine. Oof. It is a third scale, though, or a quarter scale, though. So it's like three and a half feet tall or something absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we're talking a huge, huge uh, painted figurine. And I think it's hand painted. So, I mean, it's massive. But that's most of the collectibles I have. I have a Black Knight Sword of Rage vinyl in my possession. And I think that's really about it as far as collectibles, but it was just something that popped into my head. I figured we could quickly kind of discuss because you talked about Amiibos. Mm. I used to go to a lot of E3s. And so when they launched Duke Nukem forever, I think I still have all the gear from there. I had a t-shirt, a pill bottle full of mints that looked like pills, uh, a condom and something else. And those I was about to scalp on eBay, but I decided to kind of keep them. And I think I still have them because they were like, because that game had so much tied to it that I I kept it. Otherwise, I had tons of gaming shirts and little trinkety crap. You kind of threw this out of the out of the blue, so like I can't really remember. I I'm really big into lore or Legacy of Kane, and I don't own any of the figures, but those are really popular, and I know that they can like. You were talking about they're very expensive for the detailed ones. Oh, yeah. that I cannot believe the prices on those. That's insane. But you do get a very detailed, high-quality uh, statue. I used to collect a lot of stuff when I was younger. Like, what do you do? Like, it sits on your shelf. It collects dust. It sucks to clean. So I kind of stopped buying stuff. Okay. Look at that second link and tell me you don't want that. So, uh, listeners, for those at home, I shared a 
Super shotgun inspired Doom Eternal Lucifer's Bane Doom Guy cosplay uh, 3D printed shotgun. And my God, does it look, I mean, absolutely amazing. And it even has the grappling hook on the front of it. I mean, it, it looks identical. Uh, I, this is kind of a, a secret, but I guess I'll reveal it here because there's only a handful of people that listen to this so far. I am slowly trying to take my weight a little bit more seriously. I'm not hugely pudgy, but uh, my reward to myself for getting down to not dad bod, uh, I want to build a cosplay for the Doomslayer. That's going to be my goal. And uh, really want that cosplay Doom Guy shotgun. Too bad they don't have the finished one anymore, but that is a nice-looking gun finished. Uh, I'm going to reach out to that individual and see if they would do a finished one for me. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put these links in the show. Uh, these are nice-looking. And God willing, maybe I can get Chelsea to cosplay as a female shepherd. I think that'd be pretty, like, bomb-tastic if we eventually uh, cosplayed as those two, like, super iconic characters. I hit up Steve, the old, the old Steve from uh flip of Mashin, And, uh, he also loves mass effect. And I wanted us to have a three way of mass effecting. I've never played the game, but you guys can just boner over it. I'll just be in the middle of that Eiffel tower. Yeah. Or maybe we could get you to play it finally. And then you could also they're, do that. They're supposed to be remastering it. They are. I, I We've talked about it. Is it going to be on Switch, though? No, because it's not a garbage-ass game. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I'm just, all right, look, here's the cool thing. You want to know what's cool about the Switch? You can poop and play a video game. That's literally the end of it. It it It's performs best. Nope, I don't best. want to hear your excuses. No, it, it performs best when it's not docked because it can't even supply a 1080p image while it's docked and not a possibly overheat or b uh frame stutter to the point where it's nearly unplayable um i what, understand you're, you're speaking of a single game what uh talking about a bunch of games uh, i've don't doom, remember any doom on the switch is awful it's like mm. unplayable Breath of the Wild, for the longest time, when it was docked, you could like almost count the frames when you were playing it at specific times. I don't remember having that many problems with it. They, they patched it, and I don't know what they did. Uh, presumably, they nerfed the graphics enough to where it ran better. But, um, you know, I, 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 my, my point is the system is, was dated when it came out. It's a cool idea, but it was dated when it came out. Papa Nintendo can do no wrong, so people will just throw money at them. Uh, cough, 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 Parnell. Uh, and I enjoy <laughs> it. I don't care. I, I mean, and, and that's fine. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just simply stating yes, that. you are. Uh, you just said I am. The, the remaster is uh, for, for Mass Effect will not be on the Switch because they're actually remastering it. So it's going to look better than it did before. And the Switch barely has enough processing power to play a 13-year-old game as is. <laughs> Skyrim. <laughs>
Mm. Yeah, well, whatever. It's an Android processor, so what are you going to do? Well, that's not even forgivable necessarily because, like, the Oculus Quest 1 was a 835 Snapdragon Android processor, and it ran shit like a boss at 90 frames. Yeah, but so, didn't it yeah. didn't it offload some of that stuff to the computer it was running? No, the, the Quest is all internal, and it only has that one uh, chip on it, the 835. So it doesn't have a separate uh, chip or anything for, like, graphics or for assisting in, like, tracking or any of that stuff. It's all done internally on that one 835. The Oculus One? Right. The Oculus 2 has the XR2 uh, VR slash AR exclusive processor in it, but it only has the one. It does not have a graphics processor. It, 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 there's no um, other processing units on it. Just that sole processor does everything. Tracking, um, running the cameras, running the game itself, running the operating system, all that's done off of that one chip, which is incredible. But it was called, which one are you saying? What do you mean? I'm confused. The Quest 1? Just the Quest, yeah. And that was just a Snapdragon 835. Which, when it came out, was already like two or three versions older than what the current Mac Daddy Snapdragon was at the time. But, uh, yeah. The Switch should have more power. I think it's... I totally agree. At four hundred dollars when it came out, it should have had more power. It's not, even the, it's not even the price though. It's the it's the Nvidia makes a supposedly better you know CPU GPU base than a Snapdragon. That's a cell phone product. But the way that the package of the Nintendo is, it really doesn't lend itself good to heat dissipation. Right or 1080p gaming. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think the the display on it's what like nine hundred or seven twenty something like that, and that's why it games better, uh, not docked. I mean, I'm really pissed at them personally because they couldn't port a GameCube game with the same amount of or less lag than what came on the GameCube like thirteen years ago for Super Mario Sunshine. And I'm also pissed that they didn't have enough foresight to think that games that are downloaded and installed onto the internal memory of the Switch run faster than if you have the chip or card inserted into them. These are a lot of problems with like the mentality and the way that a Japanese company runs. But also, you're talking about Mario Sunshine which ran on a risk-based processor and a switch, which runs on an arm-based processor. And so like, that's just not an easy port. Well, sure. But they did great jobs of porting the uh, 64, the, the 64 and galaxy. Those are, those are great. I mean, there's like no faults with them whatsoever. And then you look at super Mario sunshine, which was the black sheep of them in most people's eyes. Not mine. I love that game. Uh, and they totally fucked it up. And I'm just like, what the hell? I th- yeah. I'm yep. not disagreeing that it was a hard port. I wish but, they would have taken more time. I think they did rush to get it out. Oh, they absolutely did. 
and they did not rush on Super Mario 64 and Galaxy. They they rushed on Sunshine, and it it shows. Uh, 64, I think, was ported to the Wii as a digital download. So I think that it was easier for them to have that like packaged up. I think the GameCube was like oddly hard to to emulate and code. It was for a long time. I think now it's pretty easy to emulate it, but I will agree that the GameCube definitely had the weirdest technology in it at the time. I mean, it had constant velocity uh, reading, which was like crazy for back in the day. Um, And it was able to do some things that were pretty incredible for a console that had a handle built into it. Um, But yeah. I think it was definitely, there was tech in there that was ahead of its time. That was underutilized by everybody but Nintendo. Right. Yeah. Because it had some, I mean, there's some graphics on there that are pretty stunning for that little thing. I still think Super Mario Sunshine's beautiful. Oh, I, I, I agree. I'm actually stuck in the game. Look okay, at good, Scrub. Ugh, I might have to watch some tutorials. Where are you video. stuck? Um... So if you're at the plaza yep. and you look to the left, there's like a boat slash water section with like the nets that you can crawl on. You, it's almost like a pirate looking thing. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck over there. What do you, so wait, hold on. So you're in Delfino Plaza and you look to the left. So you're still in Delfino Plaza. You are not in one of the like the worlds, right? So you're just oh, yeah. in the main overworld. Yep. And there's there's boats, you said? There's like a it's almost like a like a loading dock for the yep. ships. And uh, I'm kind of stuck in that area of just trying to work my way through some uh very technical jumping and net catching things. Hmm. I honestly am not sure what part you're talking about. I know that those boats uh, go to the little stand-up area where you're supposed to ride Yoshi. Oh, yeah, I haven't gotten and there And then yet. bring Yoshi all the way over to an island that's out by itself, and Yoshi can't touch water. But I'm not sure what you're trying to do right now. And I watch a shit ton of uh, like speedruns of Mario, so genuinely confused. You'll have to send me some more info maybe after this episode so I can I see where you're up. stuck at yeah, I'll the game <laughs> because up. I'm, I'm genuinely confused. Have you played the Super Mario 35th Battle Royale? No. It's free on Switch until March 30th, but you just played the original Mario with like 100 people or whatever it is. And when you kill a baddie, they get sent to other people. Oh, okay. Seems really fun. I'm a little scared to try it because I think I'm going to get my butt handed to me. You will. <laughs> I can tell you right now, you you will. Yeah, probably. Uh, that was like Mario Maker. So for a while, I was paying for Nintendo Online to play the Mario Maker maps, and oh my god, I got you pretty good at them. But huh? Did you get Mario Maker 2? Yeah. I was looking at it. And now that they added in their own made levels, I kind of want it. Mm-hmm. I'm a slut for physical content on the Switch. I have 
way too many games for a console that I don't love enough. Uh, but the one thing that I appreciate about Nintendo right now is Sony is taking historically a Nintendo stance on third-party games. And Nintendo, shockingly enough, is taking a historically Sony stance on games. Nintendo doesn't give a shit what you want to put on their Switch uh, ecosystem. Whereas Sony right now is really trying to make people tone down uh, what they're releasing and not releasing on their system. It's really weird. Um, But, like, I buy any M-rated game for the Switch that I can get my hands on just because it's genuinely unique. And I have bought one game that is very interesting that plays sort of like a visual novel at times and then at other times is like a... uh, what kind of game is it? I don't know. It plays like a visual novel mixed with a comic or manga mixed with like horror elements. And it's honestly really interesting, but there's no voice acting. Um, but there was some extremely risque scenes in that, uh, including a, a borderline evil dead one forest scene uh, with some, Pretty vivid details, uh, I might add, in the comic as that part was unfolding for those that may or may not know exactly what I'm talking about. But there, there's some really interesting stuff that the Switch is coming out on. And usually that was the PlayStation's kind of side where, you know, games like Catherine and a lot of like a lot more risque games were coming out on the PlayStation because Nintendo was like, well, we're a family console, so... We don't want that kind of smut on our stuff. And now it's the opposite. You can almost upload anything on a Nintendo Switch, but Sony's very picky. That is interesting. I don't know if they want more money or what, but... I'm loving it, because I'm buying a bunch of games that I don't think they're ever going to re-release later on down the road, historically, just because they're the type of company that normally doesn't allow that kind of stuff on their in their ecosystem. Like Senran... Uh, the the pinball game I was talking about earlier. I can't believe that came out on the Switch. Um, so yeah, I I find joy in not necessarily playing those games, but just kind of owning them, just because it's kind of unique, I guess. Nintendo historically hasn't had a lot of a large M-rated library, and this is definitely their largest M-rated library console game to date. I think. Well, I. Uh don't have time to play games, so I don't try to buy as many as I used to. I'm but, struggling, uh, yeah, with my soon uh, new job that I'm starting. I'm probably going to struggle to find time to play games. Uh, I struggle now to find, you know, four or five hours to sit down and, like, play video games regularly like I used to. I just got too much other shit going on. Huh? That's why the Switch is great. Yeah, no. You get two minutes there, except what happened with Zelda is I set the switch down, forgot about it for months, pick it back up, and I don't remember the controls, and it's just, oh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll take my gaming PC over over Nintendo Switch. All right, speaking of crappy games, do you play any mobile games that you're playing right now? No. No, only that one I talk, I spoke okay. about. And I got that game five years ago. <laughs> All right. I was bored 
waiting for something to compile or whatever. And so I opened my phone up and I was like, well, what kind of, you know, dumb game can I play while I wait for this? And I went into my games folder and there was Dr. Mario and I'm going, well, yeah, maybe I'll give that a shot again. I'm kind of addicted again. That one's a really fun one. If you like that Tetris, Dr. Mario gameplay style of shooting up some tablets, killing some viruses, hashtag coronavirus. Yeah, so I used to like Dr. Mario a lot. Uh, My Tetris game of choice, though, is... um, Oh, God, what is the new Tetris that came out? Tetris 99? No, no. Uh, the VR one. Was it Tetris Effects? I'm pretty sure. Oh, no one cares about VR. Tetris Effect is the game, and I absolutely love that game. I'm not great at Tetris, but I love that game. All right, so nothing other for mobile. The only other thing I want for mobile is the Diablo game, and that still is not coming out yet. So, wah, wah. Do you think you'll play that? No. Wow. <laughs> no. No. I was never a Diablo fan, though. Uh, funny enough, I'm on level about 110 on my Dr. Mario. My friend Joey, she's on 887. Just hit her up and asked her if she was playing again. Holy smokes. That is some crushing on that game. Yes, it is. That's pretty ridiculous. I don't even know if it ends or if it just kind of keeps you know, randomly generating or what. All right, let's move on. I have a little note here for movies because I am kind of eagerly excited to see the Godzilla versus Kong. What about you? Oh, I'm super fucking excited. Sweet. I hope that Godzilla wins. But... I didn't realize that Godzilla versus Kong was a old movie as well. So they're just kind of, quote unquote, remaking it. They could be. We we don't uh, know for sure. Well, no, we don't. But like, it was an old movie, correct? And so, if you want to go see that, it's available. Also, note: HBO has almost every Godzilla, not every little tiny one, but they have a lot of Godzilla movies. They do not have the original that was remade some years ago, though. So, luckily, I own that. Oh. uh... Godzilla King of Monsters? No, the first one. Are you talking about the one in like the 90s that came out? No. Oh, okay. The one, the King of Monsters was the second one to that series. Okay, so are you talking about the first in that series? Yeah, just called Godzilla. Yes. For for some reason it's not on HBO, but I have the... From the Walmart dollar bin or whatever it was. It was Godzilla and uh, what's the one where the robots are huge, like mechs, and they punch. Pacific Rim? Yep. (laughs) It's Pacific Rim and Godzilla on one disc. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. (laughs) I heard Pacific Rim is just entertainment amazingness, so I'm excited. I got to watch it. I guess. I I don't want to leak too much over into this, but I am... Not a movie snob because I watch some trash that I I guarantee 99% of our listeners would not be able to sit through. Um, But I have become more picky to like other movies and I definitely can spot like weird things versus not. I haven't heard amazing things about Pacific Rim, but uh, Uh, good enough to have a sequel. 
Hashtag get on it, Ryan. Yeah. I don't know what else you're watching, but... Oh, I can tell you what I'm excited for. Oh, okay. What are you excited for? Stealing my thunder. But we must be muted. So I'm watching Warrior on HBO. And it is based off a writing from Bruce Lee. And it is awesome. But not family friendly. There's a lot of boobs in it. Uh, But if you like some kung fu stuff and some drama, check it out. I found the movie. I was muted. (laughs) Good. I muted you. Yep. Uh, So the the movie in question is Willy's Wonderland, starring Nicolas Cage. Get out of here. That sounds horrible. Uh, So it's a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff theme uh, with Nicolas Cage. And... I talked about bad movies. I love Nicolas Cage in most of his movies, especially the ones where he just pulls Nicolas Cage uh, tropes out of it. So, like, Mandy was another great movie, actually good movie of Nicolas Cage. But, uh, yeah, no, Willy's Wonderland is definitely one I'm excited about. Huh. Weird. And then I, of course, am excited about the new James Bond whenever Mm. it decides to come out. But there's a bunch of movies that it sounds like they might possibly be waiting until next year when they're suspecting that movie theaters will be open again before oh. they release them. Yeah, they want they don't want to do the whole. Right. So I think like Top Gun is one that they don't <laughs> want to do, which sucks. Oh, my God. I want to see that movie so bad. I do, too. Assholes. Did you watch all of season four of Rick and Morty? Yes. Why is season four not as good? I like season four. I don't have any complaints with it. What about the second half of it? I don't know. I enjoyed it. It's not like the greatest, you know, God's gift to mankind. No, no, no. But I don't know. I just got back into the second half of season four, and it just does not. I don't know. Something feels weird about it. Hmm. That's interesting. Doesn't have the same excitement. Well, you know, everyone's kind of different. So, well, there was drama on their end when they were uh, dealing with pre-season four. So I don't know. Mm. Well, that's very possible. I mean, like I said, I I don't know. They left it on a good cliffhanger. I mm. thought. Okay. Well, I'll I'll finish I'll finish it. Uh, the first two seasons I thought were just amazing. I don't really remember season three and stuff, but I really like it. Season four is kind of slowing down on me. It was kind of like watching uh, Trailer Park Boys in college and thinking it was the greatest TV show ever created. And now when I watch it at my current age, if I watch it alone, we'll enjoy it because I love that stupidness, but I do know that it sucks. But if I watch it with my wife or something, it's embarrassing. I never got into Trailer Park Boys. I just couldn't get into it, really. I tried watching a few episodes and meh, couldn't couldn't do it. Uh, however, um, some shows that we recently watched together include One Punch Man Season 2. <laughs> Fucking love it. Uh, it's totally an anime, so if you, don't, if you guys don't like animes, then... You know, don't check it out, but 
I love One Punch Man and uh, Letter Kenny. Oh God, Letter Kenny! That's the new Trailer Park Boys. But it's so much better and and better written. Well, that's so, so much better written. I think. Yeah, they. It's the new. It was like it's like the new Trailer Park Boys in the new world of right. better everything. Like, but I've been had- a fan of Letter Kenny since season one. So not to be a hipster here, but. I was watching the show and excited about it long before most of the world knew about it. What did you watch it on YouTube then? Yeah, I was watching YouTube and then I was watching uh, Uncle Sam better not be listening, but you know, questionable websites where I could stream the first season because it was only on Canadian channel providers at the time. So we couldn't even watch it here in the US. And then eventually Hulu picked it up, which was amazing. Man, Letter Kane didn't even, it came out in 2016. That's not even that long ago. I don't know, man. 2010 felt like, or excuse me, 2020 felt like 10 fucking years. So <laughs> I will agree. I've watched Letter Kenny with my wife, and we can get through most episodes. Some of them are better than others, but uh, she, she enjoyed it enough to watch it. The Crack I mean, and Egg season really, really didn't get. Didn't catch anything funny for me. I, I overall did not like that season, but... Which one's that? I think that's like seven or eight. I don't know. It's one of the newer seasons. I think they're up to like season nine now. Yeah, they are. My last thing on the list to talk about is arcades. This what only about sparked them? me. They're heavy. So, <laughs> Roth Rills recently, and by recent I mean like a year ago, released a game called Nitro Trucks. And if you know who I am, I love Excite Truck on Wii and the Hydro Thunder series. Rothrills has done Dirty Racing, H2 Overdrive. Nitro Trucks looks similar to a Excite Truck or Super Off-Road, but new. I linked the video. I'll put, put it in the notes. I have not seen this one yet at our local arcade uh, called Adventure Zone. But I haven't been there too recently. However, with the pandemic and everybody in arcades being shut down, it only makes sense that they would not invest into new games because they usually would get the newest games. Do you have any arcades near you that you go to or do you kind of not scope out arcade stuff? Um, the only arcades really are like down in the Twin Cities. Um, I live out in... Uh, one of my friends who I'm positive does not listen to this podcast uh, claims that I live in BFE, bumfuck Egypt, uh, in his eyes, because I live an, out, an hour outside of the Twin Cities, probably closer to 40 minutes. But um, most new arcade games really don't excite me because they just very, they feel very like Xbox 360, you know, PlayStation 4 kind of just games in a big box. They just, yeah, back in the 90s, there was something really special about them, especially when you looked at, like, Neo Geo games and a lot of those games that, like, physically were the creme de la creme of what you could squeeze out of a monitor or a television. Whereas now, I mean, seriously, you can get better playing games at your home, the comfort of your own home on a PlayStation 4, on a PlayStation 5, a gaming PC, you know, what have you. So 
a lot of the arcade games that I really get excited about are like the full motion ones. Like those are ones that I don't necessarily have the ability to just like go home and play like either a knockoff of or something else. So yeah, full motion ones or ones with like a lot of like haptic feedback or something like that. Those are pretty rad. Uh, like I saw like an afterburner one where like the whole cockpit like rises up as you start to play and it can do uh, six degrees of freedom. That's badass. I totally want one of those in my garage cause it won't fit in my house. Uh, but I would absolutely get one of those. Uh, short of that, though, eh, like I'd rather have a crazy taxi or, you know, another driving game over like Raw Thrills, personally. They are shoving more LEDs and chrome on these cabinets, and it must draw kids in because I know that. Have you played Cruisin' USA? Or no, Cruisin'. Cruise and Blast. Yeah, I don't Have know. I it? couldn't say for sure. What's special about that one? Well, it's the cruising series yep. from Nintendo. But it's just the cabinet is just absolutely, you know, mm, LED'd wild. It's possible. I mean, well, I I've been to Dave and Buster's, you know, and I played like, what was it? The Luigi's Mansion arcade game. And <laughs> why did, you know, that was in Japan for so long before we got it. Which is so stupid. Like, why they look, man? Papa Japan knows what we in the United States want, don't want, and we didn't want it. All right, they were sure of it. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think that, um, like I said, uh, shooter games like gun games, especially like the bitchin' Terminator Salvation. I think or whatever the latest Terminator game is, where like it has actual like. Uh, haptics inside of them where there's like a rod that I guess gets energized like a coil and it like causes the gun to kick back. Like that is super cool. Um, but like driving games, yeah, they don't get me as excited, but I mean, you know that I had a full racing simulator here in my PC room before I got my new VR headset for the longest time. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd I'd play that over, <laughs> over uh, raw thrills or anything else if I wanted to, like if I had that arcade itch, I guess. I'm excited to go try Nitro Trucks because, for some reason, Nintendo will not make a sequel to Excite Truck, which is a travesty. Again, they know what you want. You think you know what you want, but you don't. They'll give you what you want. Breath of the Wild two in like Probably. five years. Yeah. They got to come out with a, was it the supercharged switch that I think is rumored to be coming out soon. And then. Yeah, not going to happen. They just released the Mario switch. So I bet you, I bet you it's not. Oh, probably not. It's probably like a next year thing because we haven't heard any details about it. But they're going to come out with a new, like, higher powered switch. I'm sure of it. Um, and I'm sure they're going to try to get back into um, AR because that's like the big thing right now is AR and VR. I mean, I know that there probably aren't a ton of people that are into virtual reality right now, but uh, last week marked a pretty historic moment uh, for a few different reasons. So on Steam, uh, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, the number of Steam users that had VR 
previously has been about 1% or a little over 1%. It has jumped to 3%. Now, I know that's not a ton, but you got to think of all the hundreds of millions of people that have Steam accounts. So for it to go up that much is a pretty big deal. Uh, and Facebook, uh, unfortunately, has a stranglehold on the standalone market for now, uh, where they own 100% of all uh, standalone VR headsets. But um, I think VR is getting ready to explode. Apple's getting ready to come out with something. Augmented reality is like on the cusp of us having uh, like Google Glass, but about a thousand times better and less intrusive and has an actual battery life to speak of. So I'm pretty excited about that stuff. I'll have to play one that actually doesn't suck. So well, next time you come over, you can play it. Actually, I'll just bring it up to your house when you invite me over there, whenever that happens. Probably after you come down here, based on how quickly <laughs> you've invited me. But uh, yeah, no, uh, we'll. I'll, I'll just bring my Quest up with me because I don't need a PC to run it. So it has virtual storage? Uh, no, it just has physical storage on it. Well, I guess that's what I mean. Sorry. Yeah. How, yeah. Big, how big is it? Uh, 256 gigabytes. What's a normal game? Uh, between four gigs and, uh, 25. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. There's only a few games that are that large though. Most of them are like the four to nine gigabyte range. Mm. But like the new Medal of Honor game, that's VR exclusive that's coming out. I'm sure that's going to be like a 25 gig game. The new, uh, walking dead game is like 22 or 24 gigs uh that's a quest game so yeah some bigger triple a titles are coming i think an assassin's creed's coming this year uh doom 3 is getting ported to the oculus quest so there's some bigger games starting to come out for it it just took a while for it to kind of get off the ground but there are I think 16 games on the Oculus store that have made over a million dollars in the year and a half. The Oculus store has been out, which is pretty incredible considering, you know, where everything started. Um, so it is now a multi-million dollar for game devs business, which is cool. I see the potential. I mean, it's definitely better and it's always getting better, but like I'm, I've been to CES where they have the, like the octagon walking treadmill looking thing. So it can yeah. walk in any direction. And when it starts getting that, like that in your house, it'll start getting even crazier. Cause they sell those. I could buy one right now for like 800 bucks. Other well, 800. Yep. That's the cheapest one on the market right now with shoes. Have you heard reviews on it? Yeah, no, it's had great reviews thus far, but yeah, no, it's 360 degree walking, jumping, you know, little thing that, quote unquote folds up and takes up definitely a, <laughs> a bit of your floor space, but then you can play, you know, virtually anywhere and control your character without actually having to walk, but you're walking, but it might be for not because, uh, again, as you don't know, uh, the new headset that valve is working on over there, those mad scientists, uh, is borrowing a whole bunch of technology from, what was dreamed up when the anime sword art online was created. So uh, I think in a, 
shorter time than we may realize as human beings, pending we don't have some pandemic wipe us out, which is still totally on the table, uh, or an asteroid doesn't hit us. I think we're a lot closer to Ready Player One slash Sword Art Online than most of humanity realizes, I think. <laughs> which is terrifying and exciting all at the same time. Yeah, it just the adoption percentage is small, so that's what probably sets that the difference. Are people not believing that it's like it's not mainstream yet? It's the Quest Two has made VR a household name, which is crazy. Uh, Facebook literally can't pump them out fast enough to keep up with the demand, which is nuts. Because <laughs> there's like the Valve Index, they can't pump out, but I think they are losing money on that headset, so they aren't pumping them out as fast as they probably could, especially pre-COVID. Um, but Facebook legitimately cannot keep up with how many people are buying the the Quest Two and the first Quest. The first Quest, unless you bought it at launch or like got super lucky walking into the store one day, you can't buy one. I have a friend that's been trying to get one since launch. I didn't know that he was looking for one, but he has been this whole time. Couldn't hasn't been able to find one. So um, I think Facebook said that they've sold over like they're quickly approaching how many VR headsets Sony has sold with the PlayStation Four in like less than two years. So yeah, well, it'll be see. Curious to see what happens the next year because I heard there's more stuff coming out, more we, headsets. Yes. And they've already confirmed they're working on the Quest 3 already. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. My wallet's crying. You're going to have to stop at some point. No. No. Never going to stop. Oh. Look at you, money bags. There's a few things in life that I truly love. VR and pinball are definitely two of them. Besides my amazing, lovely fiance. <laughs> You're so corny. Absolutely. You only say that because she listens. No, I truly mean that. But uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll see where things go. I'm, uh, I guess, at that point. I guess we. It's. I think it's that time, buddy. Yeah, I can finally go to bed. All right. Well, you can contact us at flipping and mashing at gmail dot com. I'm assuming Ryan does not have our Instagram up. Not yet, but we do have some pretty exciting news that we totally forgot to talk about earlier. The Pinball Basement. Our sponsor. Our sponsor. If you need boards for your WPC 89 or 95 at the moment, he is working on more. But uh, it's never a bad idea to get a new board based off the original schematic. Throw that in your game in case you need to do any testing or use the board while your board is out being repaired. Give it a shot. Absolutely. And with that, listeners, we will say goodbye and good night, good day, good evening. Hello, hello there. Goodbye now. <laughs> goodbye. Adios, listeners. Goodbye.